Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm Sam Edwards. I'm third generation cure master from S. Wallace Edwards and Sons in Surrey, Virginia. We support the Heritage Radio Network because we believe in the cause and what they're doing. They're supporting family-raised livestock, small family farms, uh, certified humane, pasture-raised, antibiotic-free. Basically, we take the products from Heritage Foods USA and make them into uh, Serrano-style hams, prosciutto-style hams, bacon, sausage, like my grandfather did. You can find us at Surrey Farm. Welcome to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. Um, I'm Carmen DeVito. And I'm Alice Marcus-Krieg. And we design, install, and maintain gardens in and around New York City. Heritage Radio Network broadcasts from two shipping containers in Bushwick, Brooklyn, located next to Roberta's Pizza at 261 Moore Street. We Dig Plants aims to bring the culture to horticulture. And today we have a celebrity guest, David Spain of Moss and, Stone, Moss and Rock Gardens, recently featured on the Martha Stewart Show. And an expert on growing and gardening with mosses. Welcome, David. Thank you, Carmen and Alice. Uh, glad to be here. Great. Well, let's uh, let's tell our guests a little bit about you. You are a native of Pasadena, Texas, not California, right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. And David is an artist whose medium is moss. David designs and installs everything from serene, large-scale mosscapes in the yard to magical tabletop gardens. He is trained as a fine art painter, sculptor, and furniture maker. And David's entrepreneurial endeavors include working with salvage architectural elements, stone, landscaping, and garden design. These are a few of my favorite. Wow, things. I did all that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and but now I'm just the moss guy. The moss guy. Um, he also established Moss and Stone Gardens in Raleigh, North Carolina, with his business partner Ken Gurgle in 2001, and um, developed Moss Rocks as the first commercially available pre-planted moss container. In fact, thanks to David's generosity, we're going to take calls in the second half of the show. Second half, okay, guys? <laughs> and the first listener to call in will win a moss rock mini garden, okay? Yay! <laughs> okay. So let's talk about moss, the lowly moss. It's the kind of thing that you step on without even thinking. It's like a, a natural carpet. You know, you just step on it. You forget that it's even a living organism. But they're really quite remarkable plants, and that's why Alice and I wanted to have a show about it. Um, and everybody is always asking us in their gardens, I want moss. How do I do it? I've heard yogurt culture. I've heard beer. I've heard maple syrup. How can I get this moss to yeah. grow? Whereas other people are like, get this moss out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Use whatever chemicals you need to. So it's kind of, <laughs> the, people have this kind of weird adverse relationship with moss. Either they really want it, 
or they really don't want it. And it's it's such an amazing plant, botanically speaking. Um, it's, uh, I guess, in the category of what you call non-vascular plants, right, David? That's right. That's so, right. They are non-vascular. They're, they're a bryophyte, uh, which means non-vascular. They're really very primitive plants. So in addition to not having the regular vascular system that uh, all the other plants have, they also don't have any roots, right. which is very unusual. They only have rhizomes to anchor themselves to any type of substrate that they want to hold on to. They also do not produce flowers or seeds. That's so right. they're really quite interesting. Um, they do reproduce sexually by um, creating spores, uh, but they also, very interestingly, uh, reproduce asexually by fragmentation. So this is another very unique aspect. If a small part of the plant breaks off and lands somewhere else, uh, that piece has the possibility to regenerate and grow a whole new colony just from a fragment. Right, right. Well, it's kind of, they're kind of like sedums in that way, right? I mean, I know that green roof growers just take pieces of sedums um, and sort of root them on, on the media, and, um, there is some similarity yeah. in, in, in them propagating that way, but, but really this is unique because really just a few cells of a moss plant, you don't need the complete section of the plant. Uh, so really a very small fragment can then regenerate. Uh, again, just a few cells is all that's necessary to continue growing. Right. That's what makes it somewhat easy to cultivate in other areas because basically you just have to set it on on its desired place and it if it's happy it'll it'll kind of take off right if the conditions are correct right uh, it, it will do that of course uh, as, as gardeners we can help it along and that's what we've developed the techniques uh, so that those of us who want moss uh, in our gardens in our yards uh, can promote that and one of the most unique things uh, uh, to moss gardening is that it's true that Moss needs water or moisture. Mm -hmm, However, right. it only needs moisture to grow. It doesn't need moisture to survive. So it's extremely drought tolerant. That's very interesting because uh, that's it one goes of the myths, weeks right? Or months, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have a problem with with being dormant for that period of time. When water returns, so does the photosynthesis, and it continues to grow. So as we promote moss growth, and we want to develop a, a lush lawn of moss, the key is utilizing water to establish it and get it there. Mm -hmm. After that, it becomes self-sustaining and um, uh, very water-wise. It, it really only needs the rainfall to keep it going. So, David, let me ask you a question. Are you familiar with that plant, um, resurrection plants? A resurrection yes. fern? Yeah, the fern. Yes. That, that's, yes. that's a, is that actually a moss? No, it is not. That is um, a fern. That, that, is a, that is an actual fern. Okay. Um, and they, they are also an amazing plant in that they can go, uh, from what I understand, many, many, many years without any water. Right. Isn't that a Mexican and, native or a South American native or something? I think it's well, a we actually have them native here in North Carolina. You do? Oh yes, they're, in fact, they're they're widespread throughout the United States. Uh, resurrection ferns are found all all over. Oh, that's really interesting. I thought of them as something very exotic. Yeah, we. Um, I don't know if they're native to New York. I'm I'm not sure. I'd, I'd like to look into that. But I'm, I'm certain that they are oh. also in New York. Yeah. 
Great. Well, back to moss. Yeah, <laughs> so, back to moss. So they're very eco-friendly. And in fact, some people are uh, using moss in green roof applications. Isn't that right? Well, I do know that there are people uh, doing that. And um, I think a lot of the techniques being used right now is to utilize the mosses to create a stable ecosystem so that then vascular plants uh, are more successful in this little bit artificial environment we've created on roofs. Right. Uh, there have been some around the country that have tried to do a, a moss roof garden that was, was nothing but moss and keep it that way. Um, the success has been somewhat limited, and that okay. really is just a reflection of our knowledge in in the horticultural community uh, to, to provide what it is that mosses need to go on. We just don't understand that much despite the fact that it's uh, the oldest plant on the face of the planet, uh, terrestrial plant, uh, we know so very little about it and, and its needs. Well, as Carmen was doing a little research, she found out some kind of fun facts about moss, that it was used to put out fires and dress uh, wounds, insulate boots, and in times of famine, it was used to make bread. Yeah, I read that the Swedes would eat it in times of really difficult you know, harvest. I'm not aware of that. That could be true. Uh, I, I do know that uh, what's often called reindeer moss or lichens uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, were utilized to make breads, and um, not even in times of famine. Some cultures uh, actually uh, continue to do so. They see it as a delicacy, but wasn't aware that mosses were utilized. However, they have been utilized by mankind since the beginning of civilization, uh, or in prehistoric times, excuse me, that Mosses were always seen as something very um, helpful to have, be it to make bedding from. The original diapers uh, were, were made from moss. There you go, Alice. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm wearing some right now. They're very comfortable. They're very soft. Uh, <clears throat> mosses just have a, a myriad of uses. Well, it, it is cheating. wet there. <laughs> well, yeah, I also read that, uh, well, moss is also very, you know, we can't forget how economically important it is. I mean, everybody who buys a bag of potting soil uh-huh. and reads the label, sphagnum peat moss is practically in every package, isn't it? That's correct. It's a key uh, it, ingredient. It is, it is something that is utilized as a moisture-retentive material um, as well as just organic material uh, that we put in our, our soils. Um, and, and it works very good at that. Some people overuse it, of course, Alice. You know, entire bags of peat moss put into planting holes. We don't recommend that, but we see other people doing that. And, you know, that's, that's excessive, you know, I think. I think it's good when it's mixed in with, you know, other elements yeah. in the compost. Yeah, and it d- depends on what plant you are, are, are right. planting. To. Yeah, yeah. Right. I also read that Scotch whiskey makers uh, use peat moss to uh, smoke their malt. Mm. Right. I'll have to try that. I've got to still out back. You know, I'm in North Carolina. Uh, That's right. Give You're that a try. Still, and so you have I... no shortage of moss. So tell us about your garden. Tell me. Tell us about uh, how it be- came into being and how it evolved and, and what's, what it contains today. Ah, well, my garden, of course, is really uh, a, a one big experiment. Uh, my partner and I, Ken, have been, as you know, working with mosses for the last 10, 11 years, and always we were, we were doing it for our clients. 
uh, we finally decided that we were going to have our own garden, mainly so that we could experiment things that we wouldn't try because they might very likely fail. Right. So our garden here is one big experiment. We are pushing the envelope of what mosses can and can't do uh, daily. We're constantly doing experiments, trying new things, so that we we know what works and what we can do then and replicate for our clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alice and I do a little bit of that with our you know temperate. Uh, weather gardens here in New York, you know, sometimes when new plants come in, onto the marketplace, we're, we're a little hesitant to, to use them extensively until we kind of try them out for right. a season and see. Right. Um, so what does a moss garden consist of? What kinds of ele- garden elements? Well, there are many different styles, of course, uh, of, of moss gardens, if you will. Um, for us, it's really a hybrid maybe uh, taking a little bit um, from what the Japanese have done with their Mars gardens, taking a little bit of our background where we really love to create a more natural woodland garden and, and, and come up with a hybrid. So uh, we like to use it, I think, foremost as a unifying element. One thing about a garden is, you know, you go and plant it, you, you design it, you terrace it, you put in the hardscaping, you put in the plants, and uh, it's fabulous, and most of us do this. At the end, you come and you bring in a truckload of mulch. Right. <laughs> to put on. Yes. And that mulch, the color of the mulch, the consistency of it, helps to unify those beds and the plantings. And we use moss, much like people use mulch, mm-hmm. as this unifying element. So instead of using mulch, a pine bark nuggets or something, mm-hmm. we... We actually use living moss as a living uh, mulch. Mm -hmm. And as well, of course, uh, what most people think of when they start thinking of moss gardening is a a moss lawn or ground cover. So it works wonderfully for that as well. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, many other things that we have realized moss can be used for in in the garden. I mean, it's wonderful with water features, of course, and natural because it will grow right on rocks. It doesn't need soil. Um, it, it also, of course, brings that feeling of antiquity. Yes. Um, it helps to age a garden. And, and when you understand that you can bring mosses into the garden and get them established rather quickly, you, you very rapidly increase the, the feeling of antiquity there in your, your garden. And that's also, just as an accent or specimen area, if you have an area that you want to draw attention to, if you have a wonderful statue mm-hmm. or feature that you want to highlight. Beautiful rock. Yeah, exactly. And even pots, rock. you know, even clay pots. I mean, you know, there's nothing more kind of garish than a brand new clay pot, but yeah, one that right. has that beautiful green character. character instantly makes it seem more appealing and more... Intimate, yeah. You know, like it's been there. It's aged, you know. Mm -hmm. It's got a story to tell. Well, we'll be right back. Uh, We have to take a break. We'd like to hear more of your story in one second. You're listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. Brand new day, y'all. Turn me up on the top a little bit, dog. We want them to know. We want them to hear this one. Loud and clear. Bright and early. Listen. I don't want hate players. I don't love the game. I'm the shot clock. Way above the game to be point blank with you motherfuckers off the game. I got all this work on me, I ain't come for play. You 
can show the little shorties how you bump and flake the dog. Not to death, I'm not impressed, I'm not amused, I'm not confused, I'm not the dude. I'm grown man minutes, I am not in school. Put your hand down, youngin', this is not for you. On my J.O. with beats by Kanye, yo My name on the market, your name off the payroll Style fresh like I'm still a day old And it's been like that since the day old I'm on time with a rollie, a Seiko Step on deck, your neck, do what I say so Get up or get out, get down or lay low Standing in the shadow of a fabulous man Brooklyn, I get like am Hi, thanks. You're you're back. We're back. <laughs> you're listening to We um, We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. That was a song, Sunshine, a remake by Moss Def. Moss Def. Moss Def. <laughs> Bad pun. Uh, David, are you back with us? I'm here. Okay. Um, we're we're we'd like to uh, tell our listeners about a little free giveaway that we have on behalf yeah. of David's. Um, nursery he has planted up these gorgeous little mini rock gardens and we're giving one away to the first caller on this half of the show the number is 718-497-2128 that's heritage radio network studio at 718-497-2128 so we'll wait till the phone rings oh i'm sure that the first call is going to be my wife i know (laughs) (laughs) she's been trying to get one forever and i so tell us about these moss rocks that people oh, can moss win. moss rocks. Well, they really are very unique. The, the first time ever that uh, it's been brought to market, a pre-planted moss container. And envision it as kind of like a flattened egg shape, if you will. They're ceramic. Yeah, we posted designed. a picture on our Facebook fan page. Oh, great. Right. To so, get people excited. Of course, people can go to mossandstonegardens.com. Mm-hmm. And, and drool over there. the gardens, too. And yeah. Yeah, that, too. Sure, right. <laughs> Uh, so they're, they're, they are specifically designed to work with a particular species of moss, and we have a patent pending on the design and the way that it works and keeps the moss alive and healthy. Because that's the biggest challenge, isn't it, David? I mean, you can take pieces in, and florists do it all the time and top dress their plants, you know, with this sheet moss or, you know, decorative reindeer moss or that, I forget what that's called, the one that's very poofy. Is that the reindeer moss that's really thick and spongy green? Yes, you're, you're probably talking, yes. So, and, and, you know, you wet it and then it lives for a while, but to keep it alive in a container is, is challenging. Well, actually, it's not that difficult. Um, the difficulty comes when you want to bring it indoors. Right. Moss does not do very well indoors, particularly when it's mixed with soil. Right. So uh. our planters are soilless. They do not have any medium or soil in there. It's nothing but the ceramic and the moss paired together, much like the moss would be in the wild. And that allows it this... Uh, period of drying out and then being watered, and that keeps the healthy balance going on, where if you have soil in there, the soil is, retains too much moisture and introdu- introduces other variables that makes it more complicated to care for indoors. Right. And so this was our attempt at coming out with something very simple that could be mainstream, that even somebody with a brown thumb uh, would be able to keep this alive. And they're so beautiful. They're, um, who designed the containers? They're just very organically shaped and beautiful. Well, thank you. That was really a collaborative effort between me and uh, my business partner, Ken, um, and uh, a local potter that we worked with, Marcia Owens. And we went through hundreds of designs. Um, and really, this is the one that spoke to us and, and really just 
amplified what the moss does in nature, mm-hmm. uh, just took it to the next level. So it's a living sculpture now, kind of a little mini Zen moss garden. And it stays the same size. I mean, how, how do people take care of it? What are the tips for Very simple. It's very simple. You really just need bright, indirect light, and you need to water it periodically. Our instructions are water it once, once every one to two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's a deep watering where you fill the reservoir. Uh, you can also mist it on a daily basis if you want. That helps to keep its smooth and soft uh, tactile appeal but it's not necessary for the health of the moss at, at all, just periodic watering. And if you go away on vacation for a month and don't water it, not a problem. They're very drought tolerant. That's what I found so amazing about in, in reading about mosses is how drought tolerant they are and how they right. can regenerate. They are associated with moist areas. The, the old rule of thumb was if you wanted to grow moss, you needed shade and constant moisture. And those two ingredients will promote moss growth, but they're not necessarily the only parameters for moss gardening because there are many mosses that live in full sun. There's mosses that thrive in the Sahara Desert mm-hmm. and in the Antarctic. Uh, so with 12,500 species, there are lots of different options out there for moss gardening. They don't all fit into this one cookie-cutter set of parameters, shade and moisture. I know. I always look forward to every spring, moss grows on the bricks of my patio. Right. And I love it. You know, it grows in between. It grows in the sandy mortar, you know, the yeah. gravelly sandy mortar. Right. And then in the summer, it disappears, you know, um, because I, I, my garden is a pretty low water garden intentionally. And it gets hot and they kind of it disappears from view. And the, there's other weeds that grow there and cover it. And then in the fall... When it cools down and it's moist again, it comes back, and it's very amazing to me. It's like an old friend that always returns reliably, you know? Well, moss is, is definitely very resilient uh, in, in comparison to other plants. I mean, there's no other plant, really, that has the range of light exposures. Uh, recently, last year, uh, scientists found moss growing in the bottom of Yellowstone Lake, uh, 100 feet down by thermal vents. Cool. With practically no light at all, uh, no, no discernible light to the human eye. Then they were in dark waters and came across this lush moss growth at the bottom of a lake. So it grows uh, in alpine areas and full blazing sun and high altitudes. It grows it in deserts. It grows on all seven continents in all environments. It is, you know, just because you're in West Texas or you're in Maine, it doesn't mean that you, 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 you can't grow moss. There is a moss for every place. So what tips do you have for people that really struggle with trying to get moss started and established in their gardens? Any the, number tips? One tip, the number one tip for, for uh, establishing moss is moisture. Mosses only grow when they're moist. They perform photosynthesis when they're hydrated. When they dry, they simply are dormant. Not dead. Uh, if you want it to grow and, and cover and spread in an area, you need to encourage it with additional moisture. If you don't already live in the Pacific Northwest where <laughs> it's doing it on its own, right. Right. or in a main add, forest, add right. water to the regiment, but it's not like watering another plant. It's not a lot of water. It's a very, very small amount, just enough to moisten it. You don't need to wet the soil. Mm-hmm. They have no roots. They don't pull nutrients or water back up from the soil. So we're just misting it enough to hi- hydrate it and let sun sunshine do its thing. 
So you have you have a moss nursery, and so you, you know, yes. as a grower, you have to propagate and grow things. Yes. How do you how do you do that? I mean, how do you you know what's that process and like? And how many varieties do you sell? Yeah. Well, we experiment with many more, but our, our basis is fifteen different varieties that we work with. And the number one technique, again, for our propagation is our watering regimen. We use all collected uh, rainwater here, which we have found to be superior, although we used to use tap water. Mm -hmm. Ah, interesting. Uh, Yes, and um, uh, the the basic technique for most of the species is the fragmentation technique. We do not try to collect the spores. They're microscopic. They're very hard to work with. So we fragment. We we take a mature colony. We break it into four or 20 or 100 little pieces. Then we redistribute that into an area, and then we begin a, a, an appropriate but off, uh, frequent watering uh, regimen. That way we get optimal growth out of it by supplementing our natural rainfall. That's the key to it. Um, there's lots of things for us to learn, and we're trying to learn for the industry mm-hmm. uh, so that we can become sustainable in, in, in moss gardening instead of collecting from the wild and harvesting from the wild, letting Mother Nature do it. Every other plant we have conquered, we've learned how to grow and create hybrids and clone and and do all these things with plants, but not moss. We're the only ones in the United States who are actively trying to to develop the techniques for sustainable uh, moss grown in the nursery. And Raleigh is a good place. Uh, I mean, how much rainfall do you all get? Actually, it's not. That's no? part of the beauty. Uh, the one advantage we have is the, the, the low elevation. We're only okay. about 300 feet above sea level here. We're on the coastal plains. Right. Higher altitudes are better. However, mosses like Japanese maples and bamboo, they travel down in elevations better. I mean, they travel up in elevations better. In other words, if we grow them at 300-foot sea level, they're well acclimated to all places in the United States already. If, if, if we were growing them in the Pacific Northwest at high altitudes and we shipped some to somebody in Texas, you would have problems with the plant acclimating. So uh, that's the one advantage. Otherwise, we do not have much rainfall. I think it's only 14 inches a year here. And we do really? have very hot, yes, we do have very hot summers, droughts right. very often. Our nursery is nowhere where people think it is. They think, oh, you're deep in the woods in the mountains. <laughs> we were right in the city. There's, there's houses and cars all around us. It's the most unlikely place for a moss nursery. But that's, that's the beauty of it is now we understand how to grow and propagate moss in areas that are not likely, that are not growing it naturally. We can create the conditions to establish it and then let Mother Nature take over. We don't have to go on forever watering these mosses. It takes, some of them only takes a few months, some it may take up to two years. Mm -hmm. But after that, they're there and they're going to stay there. So what's your biggest Mm -hmm. seller then? Well, moss rocks. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, but I mean variety. That, like the, the number one, the number one species is uh, Thuidium delicatulum, and people often call this fern moss. Mm-hmm. And this is really has been the most useful, most versatile moss for moss gardening. Be it growing on stone, on wood, on soil, on sand, it will it, almost anything. It will attach itself to, and it's a very fast-growing plant. So it's, it's our number one go-to 
plant in our gardens that we design and install. And then how do you ship it to people? Well, we actually do not. You don't ship. Okay. We do not have enough. Our nursery is only a couple of years old, and just like a, a Japanese maple grower, it takes two to five years to get your, your, right. your crop ready. So right now we use the mosses that we grow for our own installations. We do sell it locally here, and we, of course, sell moss rocks nationally. Right, okay. um, Hopefully in the next year or two, we'll be in a position to have enough to offer them over the Internet or to a national market where people can buy sustainably nursery-grown mosses and get them shipped to their house and start their own little moss gardens. Until that time, we encourage people to, to look around. Really, once you begin to look for moss, you're going to find it. Yeah, it's everywhere. In the right. most unlikely places. But once you start looking, I, as you know, I was recently in New York City, and uh, was I looking up at the skyscrapers? And No, my eyes were glued <laughs> to the ground. There was moss everywhere, yeah. right in New York City. Right. It, once you begin to look for it, you will find it. You can collect it from an area where it's not on... Public property, of course, and if it's on someone's land, you ask permission. But you often find it growing in the parking lot of uh, some retail store. <laughs> you, you, it's you funny, find it in yeah. Areas where the construction, if they're about to raise the area and cut all the trees down, they can be rescued right. uh, ahead of that development. So what would what would uh, we've got to wrap things up for a second? Yes. But um, just quick, like if if one of our listeners wanted to cultivate some variety that they see, you know, on their daily daily (laughs) travels, what would be the number one kind of tip for how to do that? It's really about watering. Right. So bring a Ziploc bag with you, right? Put it in a baggie or something. Oh, sure. You can collect it, put it uh, on a piece of cardboard in a box. Uh, You don't need to put it in a baggie, uh, Hmm. but you could. You don't want to leave it closed up in a baggie. No. It's the way, same way mosses don't do well in a terrarium. Uh-huh. Uh, they need they, air they circulation. Also, they also don't. They <laughs> do need ventilation. They need mm-hmm. circulation of air. And if it's too moist, uh, oddly enough, like in a terrarium, mm-hmm. constant humidity and moisture, they actually can grow mold, which is the one enemy right. of, of, of moss. moss. Right. Who I, knew? And I think that's <laughs> what we've all struggled with. Yeah. Is that we've... Sure. Um, you know, you it, it's it's kind of the opposite of what you would think it needs. It's great for a photo shoot, but not long That's term. Right. <laughs> That's right. Well, David, well, thank education you. Education is very important. Yes. A lot of what we're about, mossandstonegardens.com, and we have a blog. Great. And we're really trying to get the word out there so that people who are interested can learn about moss gardening and to, to just change people's opinion about it. It's a fantastic plant with so many uses. It is not an invasive species. It's not going to hurt your other plants. People should take a, a, a new look at moss and realize this. And a closer look, too, that they're very, very beautiful. Well, thank you, David, they for joining us today on We Did I'm, Plants. I'm, I'm so glad you had me on. Great. Oh, it's, it's been our pleasure. Visit David's website, mossandstonegardens.com. Um, thank you all for listening. We Did Plants is produced and engineered by Jack Inslee. And if you miss any part of the show, please note it is available via archive on the website, heritageradionetwork.com, and via podcast. Please leave comments and or join our Facebook fan page, Groundworks Inc. We dig plants. Happy gardening. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. 
You can find all of our archived programs on HeritageRadioNetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening to The following is a public service announcement from Food Karma. To kick off the New York City Meat Week in style, Meat with a Twist will bring together the best chefs and mixologists for a cocktail food pairing party on November 7th from 6 to 10 p.m. at City Winery. Meat with a Twist features 10 cocktails paired with 10 chef selections highlighting local, sustainably grown meats such as duck, lamb, chicken, pork, beef, bison, and ostrich. The party will launch a week's worth of events throughout the city that celebrate the slow food movement bringing sustainable meats to our tables. Again, that's November 7th from 6 to 10 p.m. at City Winery. Updates, tickets, and more information are available at meetweeknyc.com.